Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. All right, my friend. So we're starting off at the top, like uh, Mike said, around the boards. But specifically because this is our first one, uh, we wanted to get a little bit of taste on each team. Not we're not going to go too crazy, but because there's a lot of teams, you know, there's uh, there's going we don't want to eat up too much of our time. But we're going to touch a little bit. So basically, what we did agreed that Mike is going to be doing the East and Marty is going to be doing the West. Uh, kind of goes hand in hand with our Oilers and Habs. So that's kind of the thought process there. But um, so, yeah, again, it's just a little bit of, a, of each team. Mike, did you want to start with the Eastern Conference? For some reason, Eastern is always first. No worries at all, man. I can do that. And uh, just uh, for okay. our listeners and for you too, Marty, uh, the base, basically the way I set it up is um, how I think they're going to finish uh, in each division as well. So as I'm going through the divisions, then I'll start from the top and then obviously hit the uh, the bottom dwellers. But uh yeah, so that's the way I have it set up basically for uh, for this year's uh, standings and my predictions. Um, so yeah, here we go, folks. Atlantic Division, Eastern Conference, Tampa Bay Lightning. So listen, uh, you got all the big boys, Kucherov, Stammer, Point, Hedman, Vassy. Like we, we all know in fantasy what these guys are going to do, right? So like we don't need to kind of stick onto these guys too, too much. Uh, you know, top top of the league, top of the uh, top of your ledger when it comes to any kind of fantasy assets. Um, but a couple of guys that I do want to kind of hit on a little bit here with you, Marty. Uh, in particular, two guys, Sergeyev and Anthony Sorelli. Uh, listen, uh, not world breakers here, but when it comes to Sergeyev in particular, Hedman's still going to be around, and as long as the, the big dog's around, he's going to get all of his apples and all of his cookies, all of his ice time. But with McDonough moving on to Nashville, and they just committed eight years, and it was at $68 million, uh, to Sergeyev, $8.5 million AAV per year. Uh, they're just going to continue to lean on this guy, and we all know at some point, you know, Hedman is either going to tail off a little bit, or, you know, I mean, father time, uh, you know, nobody beats father time. So I'm, at some point, he's going to, you know, move on, and the big dog will be Sergeyev. So at some point here, you're going to see a little bit of an uptick in regards to production. So keep an eye out for that. That could start this year. Uh, and like like you just uh, mentioned, Anthony Sorelli is the other guy. Now, a lot of this has to has to do with who he's going to be playing with. So if he does get some of that exposure, which he sh- very well should with some of those big boys, you know, I, I'm I'm not saying you're going to get an 80 point guy here, but if you can get like a 55, 60 point guy out of this. Uh, you know, I, I, I think you're, you're helping your fantasy team here, uh, particular, uh, particularly in, uh, in daily fantasy leagues. And by the way, folks, just so I, uh, so we don't, uh, go off track too much. This will be more along the lines, uh, of our league, which is more of a point, which is a points driven league. It's not a banger league. So there's no, uh, penalty in minutes, block shots or any of that stuff. So this will be kind of, uh, um, more, uh, more, sh- sh- straightforward and, and point production wise only so um so there you go moving on which at the very least uh, involves all fantasy teams or uh leagues sorry i i don't imagine there's a league out there a fantasy hockey league out there that involves players without some sort of, without a point, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah in assists or goals or in that kind of thing so yeah Absolutely. at least that touches base on all of them so this hopefully will be helpful uh next up toronto maple leafs so listen 
I I'm okay with I'm okay with what the Leafs did in that, but look, that that's a discussion for another day. Oh. At the end, what, you, what you're getting what you're getting here? Well, Samsonov wise, not so much Murray. But gotcha. you're looking at a top you're looking at a top heavy team here, kind of the same thing as Lightning. You know, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, uh, Nylander, Riley. Those guys are going to get all of their points. They're going to get all their cookies. Um, so I mean, th- those necessarily aren't the guys that you're really kind of trying to do a deep dive on, but one guy you really want to keep an eye on, it all started last year, and I think it's just going to continue this year as he's going to ride shotgun on that first line is Michael Bunting. Yeah. So if we're talking about players that can help you win your championship, this is that type of guy that, that can you can file into that category. I mean, you you could see anywhere, depending on you know staying healthy and if, if everything continues to work out, we could be seeing something in the in the in the range of 60, 65 points. He could on that line potentially push a 70 points. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'd go yeah. much higher than that myself personally, but uh, but I do think you need to keep an eye on on bunting for sure. Yeah, going to going to that goaltending. I mean, listen, uh, I picked up Murray in the draft. Source, source of wins was what I was hoping for, but now it's just a source of pain. It so, hurts, and it, it, it does. It does hurt. And listen, I I really do feel for the guy. Yeah, I I, I think I think this kind of really you know sinks much of his fantasy value moving forward. Even if he can get back to some sort of health in any way, shape, or form, but flip that over to his uh, running mate. And Samsonov really has an opportunity now to to, to do some damage here, especially yeah. for the next four weeks. He has a really good opportunity to solidify himself as a starter. So you know what? Daily daily fantasy in particular, if he's still out there or if he's hanging around, you may want to get your hands on him. Um, anybody who hasn't already picked him up in a draft or anything like that, you're, you're looking to be in pretty good shape here. Yep. Uh, moving on, third in the Atlantic, we're looking at the Florida Panthers. So as we know, there's a lot of change out there in Florida. Kachuk came in. You got Huberdeau and Weger heading over to Calgary. You got Paul Maurice coming up, uh, or coming up, going behind the bench, I should say. Uh, so I, I do feel like there could be a slight uptick. I mean, at first, before the Maurice uh, uh, news, I was kind of a little more down on Florida. I thought they may have a little bit of trouble uh, point production-wise, or at least matching their totals from last year. But I do think that you're going to hold steady there. Um, the guys that I'm really, I mean, bark off, you know, not enough said with him, as long as he can stay healthy. I think that's a guy that could really threaten for uh, 90, 95 points, potentially the century mark. But, uh, the nice, uh, the nice thing about Florida is they've got a lot of those secondary scoring kind of guys for Haggy, Reinhardt, Bennett, and Lundell, all sneaky good, and all could fill a secondary role for you on the fantasy squad. On the back end, you got Ekblad, obviously a solid option there. Uh, again, health could come into play a little bit, but it hasn't been, been too, too bad here over the past couple of years. Uh, so, I mean, keep an eye out for him. Uh, in net, Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. I think Spencer Knight starts to eat up some of the games from Bobrovsky this year. So, any Bobrovsky owners out there, you know, you want to you wanna kind of keep an eye on that. And, and hopefully that's mitigated to a certain point, but... I do believe Knight could start to cannibalize a few of those starts. Uh, I mean, with signing a three-year deal and a 4.5 million AAV, I certainly don't think they're going to keep him on the bench for 20 to 25 games in a row, so, so to speak. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy is going to get some playing time here this year. So, 
for any any up and coming team, any team in a rebuild, you probably want to be looking Spencer Knight's way because at some point here, uh, the, uh, it, 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 the the switch will happen. Yeah. So, next up, Atlantic Division, fourth place, Boston Bruins. We all know the big thing with the Bruins right now is you got two major injuries in Marshawn McAvoy, but you did you did bring back uh, Bergeron and you did bring back uh, uh, Krejci as well. So I, I don't know if you're necessarily mitigating that 100, percent but you certainly are helping the cause. David Pasternak is still kicking around, obviously having a great start to the yeah. season. Uh, w- one player that I'd really be looking out for, I picked him up in my uh, my fantasy draft myself is Taylor Hall. This is a little bit of a kind of a boom bust almost for me. Yeah. I mean, this guy could potentially go off for anywhere 65 to 70 points, especially with the fact that he's going to be on that top line until Marshawn gets yeah. back. And then a second line where he's potentially getting secondary defensive uh, assignments from opposing teams. So that's a guy you want to keep an eye on there. And of course, McAvoy on the back end, he's definitely uh, definitely a solid option, of course, when healthy. Uh, due back at the end of November, so keep your eyes out for that. And if he's kicking around, again, specifically in a daily fantasy where maybe somebody's got him on the uh, uh, waiver wire, if you're an up-and-coming team, rebuilding team, take a peek. You might want to look at that as well. Next up, you got the Detroit Red Wings. And I got to be honest with you here, Marty, and I think you kind of feel the same a little bit. I'm, I'm pretty bullish on this team. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I've got, I've got them fifth place in the Atlantic, but I could see this team maybe really challenging potentially, potentially for a playoff spot, depending on how everything works out uh, with the big boys up top. Listen, the Iser plan in my eyes is fantasy gold. If, if you are particularly a rebuilding team or a, an up and coming team that you're looking for some of these, you know, secondary scores that may kind of pop off a little bit, I think you might, might want to head Detroit's way. The usual suspects, Larkin, Bertuzzi. You got Raymond, Verona, Cop, and Perron. And I got to say, that's a pretty nice top six oh, yeah. right now for, uh, for, for the Wings. So, well, I mean, you throw in Ben Sherratt, nice signing of Ben Sherratt mm-hmm. for some defensive presence. Yeah. I'm sorry. I really think that they got a steal in Billy Husso yes, they did. Uh, from St. Louis. And I really do think that he's going to have a great year there in, uh, in uh, Motown. Yeah, I think it's a good spot and for And, of him. course... And of course, the super rookie on the back end, Moritz Sider. I mean, this guy of the uh, of the uh, reverse reverse hit. I mean, this guy, <laughs> this guy's got this reverse hit down pat, man, and it's beauty to watch. If you ever get a chance, head out on the YouTube, go and check some of the keep eclipse. him in the league a lot longer because of it. Oh man, oh man, it is beautiful yeah. to watch. Next up. Ottawa Senators and folks, just a heads up, I'm pretty sure that Marty and I will be talking about these guys a fair bit. We live basically in the city, so we're we got a pretty good beat on them. And I'll tell you what, it was the summer of Pierre indeed. Oh, yeah. Uh Brinkat Giroux come in. Uh he acquires Talbot out of Minnesota to kind of stabilize that a little bit with Forsberg. You got Shabbat on the back end. Um not sure how that will go. I think you got a fifty point defenseman without without thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. But I mean this guy could potentially pop off seventy seventy five if this power play uh ends up being what a lot of us think yeah, it's going to be. The so. Power play is looking dangerous, but you're right. We like we need to see some games here. Absolutely. And I mean look, I mean you've got Batherson, Norris, Pinto, Kachuk, and Stutzla uh, you know, involved in your top six there. Stutzla. You're throwing in Debrinket and Jeru, who I've previously mentioned. 
You know, you've got a pretty solid, as my in my opinion, you got a great top six, and you're starting to get into that top nine now that can actually start doing a little damage for you. So yeah, they're well any balanced. Fantasy That's managers sure. out there, yeah. Definitely. I mean, any fantasy managers out there, if you're looking for uh, some options, uh, the Senators will definitely be ha- be able to help you out there for sure. Yeah. Another up and coming team out of out of the Atlantic, and a team that I'm really interested in watching this year. I'd like to see if they turn the corner completely, or if we're still going to kind of level off a bit. Is the Buffalo Sabers? Um, of course, you got the pillars on the back end right now in Darlene and Owen Power. Uh, I really think that Darlene is going to come into his own this year, so we'll see if he can. Uh, we'll see if he can hit new heights. Uh, you've got Thompson who just signed that big contract down there too, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be motivated uh, to make sure sh- uh, to make sure that he uh, isn't seen as somewhat of a, an overpay, if you will. So I could see him kind of doing a little bit of damage down there. You've got another year of uh, experience with these young players, of course. Skinner, Tuck, and Olafson. Uh, you know these are the guys that are kind of. Solid options here, 55, 60, 65 points potentially with any of these guys. Um, when it comes to the net, though, Marty, not really too, too much to talk about. Uh, you do have Anderson and Comrie. Uh, Comrie could be potentially interesting depending on where your team's at, if you're in win-now mode or not. But uh, there are, it's not it's not dry like it used to be uh, for a number of years out in Buffalo. So uh, take a peek, and there's some options out there for you as well. <laughs> bringing up the rear in the Atlantic division. My Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> now, listen, folks, it's going to be a trying season. We all know that. Having said all that, there is a little splash of fantasy assets on this team. We know them both well. Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. Both have got some really great chemistry going on right now, which I'm sure for fantasy managers out there in particular, if you have both, which one of our managers does in our pool, uh, is definitely taking advantage of it and benefiting from that. You certainly hope that the the chemistry continues with these two two players. Uh, On an overall, I think when it comes to uh, Montreal, you're really just, I mean, we're just looking for a lot of growth uh, and continued uh, culture shift, if you will. So when it comes to the uh, when it comes to any of your fantasy uh, options, there's there are very few, but there I are do a couple. think Montreal's going to be exciting. Metro- At the very least, they're going to be an exciting team to 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 pay attention to throughout the season, regardless. Not necessarily because of wins, um, but there's a part of me that feels that Montreal is going to do better than what most people are assuming. Just like you here, uh, bringing up the rear. I I would I would agree here. Uh, wholeheartedly, and I also think that uh, Montreal's. Listen, there's going to be a couple of blowouts. Obviously, I'm pretty sure that they, you know they're going to get their asses handed to them a couple of times. But at the end of the day, I, I do think Montreal will tend to be in more yeah. of these games than not. And I think that's all you can ask for, especially sure. with the type of roster and the construction that it is right now. Uh, it's a pretty youthful team, and experience yeah. is certainly needed. So, um, moving on to Oof. the Metro, bud. That's a tough here we one. go. Top of the Metro Division winner. Your Carolina Hurricanes. Now, listen, top six is pretty pretty beautiful here. Teravine and Aho, Jarvis, Shveshnikov, KK, Kotkaniemi. Will. That hurt? Does it hurt? That's debatable. <laughs> that Well, uh, listen, yeah. I hope the best for the kid. He's playing second-line minutes. You know what I mean? But there are, there are better options sure. on that team. Uh, Natchez being one of them as well, kicked in there. And listen, they went and got... Uh, 
uh, Paul Stastny towards the end of the offseason here. And guys, don't sleep on him. I'm not saying this is a guy who's going to necessarily win your pool, but especially uh, in, in a daily fantasy or anything where you can kind of bring somebody in quick off if you have an IR spot or anything like that, this is definitely a player that you might want to keep an eye on because if he gets shifted up that lineup, he's certainly the type of player that can benefit yeah. from playing with those players. Um, on the back on the back end, you've got Brent Burns now out there. He's gone from San Jose to Carolina. So listen, this is this could be a really nice landing spot for him. And I could, you know, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year I'm looking yeah. at a sixty point defenseman. Good point. Just with the talent that's playing around him. So uh, and that power and that power play, you know, I mean, yeah. he's going to be manning that that power play. So that should help as well. Uh, Freddie Anderson. Enough said when it comes to him. Great source of wins. Peripheral numbers should be pretty good. Uh, save percentage, goals against average. So uh, you should get everything that you need there. Your Carolina Hurricanes take the Metro Division. Next up, and I will say this is going to be real, real close. I debated putting the Rangers up there. Uh, if, if for nothing, Shosturkin alone just to carry them. And that's where I'll start. And that's where I'll start with this team fantasy wise. I mean, the reigning Vesna winner. Uh, if you're looking for somebody to, to do some damage for you on that Rangers team, he's the guy to do it for you. And I also think he's going to play a few extra games uh, more than he did last year, which could benefit everybody as well. Uh, the back end, Adam Fox, not too much to say there either. You know what you're getting with him. You're, you're pushing 60, 65 points with this guy, potentially even 70. Uh, he's the driving force of that uh, that back end uh, with the Rangers. So, And he's obviously going to quarterback that power play which has a, a bunch of speedy forwards. I mean, Zabinijad, Kreider, Kako, Trocek, Panarin, and Lafreniere. That's true. I mean, not a bad top six there, my man. And some of these younger players, in particular Kako and Lafreniere, are really start, starting to kind of find this out. Uh, Kako on that first line is starting to look real, real good. Uh, so listen, uh, it could be a kind of a battle here between those two teams all year long. But uh, the Rangers certainly have a plethora of players that you can pick from uh, when it comes to fantasy. Next up, the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is a team that just kind of won't go away, Marty. I mean, you know, they go ahead and sign yeah. Latang and Malkin in the offseason, so they're keeping the band together. They're not going to break it up. They're going to take another run at this. Uh, I mean, and as usual, your usual suspects are there, the big three in Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Uh, of course, uh, maybe I'm a little bit biased here as a Jake Gensel owner, but yeah. talk about just an unassuming 80 to 85 point guy. He's he, now that's the type. That's, that's kind of one of those sure, types yeah. of guys that could really push you over the top. Um, you know, there's several, there's there's several several of those guys out there, but I've I've always kind of really liked Gensel that way. So unassuming. I mean, the other guys get all the all the uh, the, the accolades and. He's proven too, like with injuries, he can actually step in and be fine. Absolutely. And uh, he continued to produce when both Malkin and Crosby were out last year. So he's very reliable. No, without a doubt. And of course, on the back end, you, you know, whether you think he's elite or not, Tristan Jerry is a great, great source of wins. And I mean, when it comes to, in particular, our pool, Marty, and I don't mean to be selfish and to talk about our own pool, but that's in all reality he's pretty damn close to elite uh just out of the wins total that this guy can get for you so i understand when peripheral numbers like goals against average and save percentage come into play maybe that affects his uh, ranking a little bit but when it comes to our own pool uh you're getting pretty darn close to elite when it comes to tristan jerry so uh, a great option there for you as well in net 
next up. Yeah, I don't lo- know. I don't know that you can do much better than him uh, in, in terms of wins. And you're right. Like there's obviously there's a couple that spring to mind, but his numbers are never really out that bad too. like last year ending with 919 save percentage is really top tier. So uh, Tristan Jerry like is, yeah, definitely something you should always. He's consider. definitely legit. You can certainly say that. So uh, we've got the Washington Capitals coming up in fourth place in the Metro. Uh, still fantasy relevant. I mean, even though it is a, it is an aging roster, and we can all see that coming around, uh, that's starting to rear its ugly head a little bit with Backstrom. Uh, you know, gone for a chunk of the year here, but of course, you still have Ovechkin. Uh, you've got Kuznetsov, Strom, and Oshie as well as some great secondary scoring roles. Uh, in particular, you probably want to keep an eye on Kuznetsov in particular until Backstrom gets back because he more than likely will be the de facto. Uh, center iceman for Ovechkin so just by association alone he could have quite a decent year almost thinking a yeah. 65 pointish without even thinking about it really type of deal with the with the potential for more so uh the back end you've got the guy who's been there basically for what are we talking a decade there now Carlson on the back end uh quarterback in the power play he's going to be feeding <laughs> Ovechkin like a baby like he does most here so again by association you're going to get a ton of points off that power play uh, so, I mean, another option for you there as well. Um, the newly acquired Darcy Kemper, I would imagine Marty is going to be a decent source of wins. I don't want to go. I don't want to go as far as saying a great source. I could see this guy, you know, probably right around that thirty win total, twenty nine, thirty, thirty one. Uh, you know, if you want an elite guy, you're probably looking at that thirty five, thirty six win total. But uh, you know, Kemper can certainly get the job done for you. Uh, I mean, I, I think in the division that they play in, uh, you know, you got a couple of teams, you know, that are coming up here that I'm going to mention that the Caps should be able to have their way with most of the time here. So uh, they should be able to have a pretty decent record. And again, I have them making the playoffs uh, as a uh, as a wild card. Um, so next up, we've got the Columbus Blue Jackets, my friend. I'm pumping these guys up a little higher here in the division. Uh, the shiny new toy, of course, is Johnny Goudreau. Uh, with him with Patrick Lining, I think that could be something beautiful out there, particularly on the power play. Um, mentioning a couple of youngsters here as well. I, again, it depends on where your team's at a little bit here in regards to rebuilding, win now mode, uh, you know, up and coming. Uh, you probably want to keep an eye on Cole Sillinger as yeah, well Kent as Kent Johnson. A uh, couple of great youngsters, high draft picks. Uh, Obviously, the future yeah. uh, of of that uh, of that Blue Jackets team, uh, you you want to kind of keep an eye on them. Uh, on the back end, you've got Zach Wierenski. great great option. Kind of an uh, you know what uh, I, I kind of put him in in the same role as Gensel, but on the defensive end, he's not no, uh, mentioned with those top guys, your Headmans, your Foxes, and your uh, your Makars, but he's certainly a type of guy that just gives you the production you need. You know, usually in that. Uh, almost like clockwork here, 55 points. Yeah. Uh, I believe with our scoring system, Marty, he may even push over 60. Um, so, I mean, a great option there for you in Zach Wierenski. And uh, in goal, you've got Merce Lincolns, who could be a sneaky good play this year uh, in regards to uh, to win totals. I mean, you certainly probably don't want him as your number one, or you, you know, he could be serviceable as your number two. If you can get him as a number three, I think you're really cooking at that point. Um, but he's definitely a guy that could slide in as a number two goalie for you on your fantasy team and, and get you what you need. Um, one guy that I've wanted to keep an eye on here, and I'll, I'll mention him as well, and probably giving give out some secrets here to our own league, but uh, Danil, Ter- Danil Tarasov. 
Uh, he's getting a chance here with Corpusalo on the mend uh, in Columbus. So, and he's actually, uh, oh, if I'm okay. not mistaken, he actually played the first two games because Merce Lincoln's wasn't uh, up to snuff either. Uh, and he had some pretty good showings as well. So, uh, again, up and comer, rebuilding team. I certainly think you should Ooh, look at Danil Tyrosov's way, uh, young goaltender for the Blue Jackets. Uh, we've got next up the New Jersey Devils. Uh, and this is a team that, you know, another up and comer. And you got to wonder, are they going to be able to kind of turn the corner fully here or not? Uh, we'll certainly take a peek over the course of the year and see how things play out. But I mean, listen, Jack Hughes, uh, do we need to say any more yeah. here? Uh, unfortunately, with the injury last year, we were kind of robbed of seeing, I think, the breakout, the absolute breakout. Uh, but you know what? We kind of got it anyway. We just got it in smaller numbers, really. So, uh, you know what, uh, Jack Hughes, you got Heischer there. I, I, you know, I really like Heischer. The only issue, obviously, is health. That's been quite the concern here early in his career. Uh, I really do think that this kid could do a little bit of damage, uh, you know, if he was able to stay healthy, in particular with some of these uh, these players, especially on the power play. Um, Jasper Bratt, uh, again, kind of another unassuming. I want to say he's yeah. just a tick For underneath now, anyways, that whole Gensel kind of file. Um, he's just, Sorry. just that kind of, he's for that. That's ex uh, you, you took the words right out of my mouth for now. No, no, no. For now, it's perfect for now. This could be the year here where he finds himself pushing that 80 points. So, so we'll, we'll see how all that plays out. You know, they yeah. went out and got Andre Palat, which I think was actually a pretty good move. Uh, it was at a bit of an overpay perhaps, but I, what I think what I'm liking is the Stanley cup experience, the experience itself been in the league for a while. So yeah. uh, I really think that could help out. Um, Hamilton on the back end, uh, I got to say, uh, Joel, Joel made a pretty good pick there in our, in our draft. Cause I think that he's going to have a real nice bounce back year there too much talent and, and, and He's skillful enough himself. The combination of those two, I really do think that this is easily 55 points. Uh, and we do know that Hamilton has uh, tended to be able to fire it from the back end. Goal totals could be pretty decent here too. Could be pushing uh, double-digit goals here, which could go a long way, especially in our scoring in our pool. Um, on the back end, you're looking at a newly acquired uh, Vitek Vanacek, uh, who they got from Washington who I think could end up stealing the number one yeah. role here if it ever really was Blackwood's really to begin with. But at the very worst, I do think Vanishek and Blackwood find themselves in a 50-50. So, you know, take your pick. Uh, in a daily fantasy, obviously pretty easy to do. Whoever plays, take the guy and, uh, and go from there. <laughs> My little sweetheart New York Islanders are next stop, bud. Now, listen. You know I've got an affinity for these guys, and I Seriously? am going to stick my neck out again and and go <laughs> off cuff here from our from our uh, from our yeah from our predictions, and I will say, of course, if things if things go right, of course, if things go right, they, they could be could in the playoffs. Be, a, they could be in the playoffs. Team out there, <laughs> what is with this hard on for New York Islanders? I listen, listen. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It could be, it could be Elias Sorokin. I don't know, but I just, probably, I just feel money. Related, I just Mike. feel, yes, it is. I just feel, I'll take a check, Ilya. Um, I, yeah. I just feel that this team is so written off, right? Like it's just, there's no stars. Barzal, you know, he hasn't done any, he hasn't done yep. anything since his rookie year. 
Um, I just feel that this is such, and I've, I've written it down here in my blurb, it is such a team concept. Like, you can't get much more team-oriented than the, than the Islanders because they have no choice, bud. They have to be. Like, there's <laughs> nobody they can lean on, right? The only guy they can lean on right exactly. now is... Lean on a concept. Just, so <laughs> I just feel if these guys just kind of, I don't know, I just get this sense, like, if they can end up banding together and... I just feel like with last year, it was kind of an off year for them with the 13-game road trip, with the COVID issues they had. So anyway, true. Um, that's it. That, that's all I'm gonna. I'm gonna go off on that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna okay. back to the task at hand here for you, <laughs> fantasy managers out there. Go out and get yourself Ilya Sorokin. You're getting a top five uh, goaltender. Now I have to. Pre- I, I will follow that up by saying. He is totally a top five goaltender, but be aware of win totals. That yeah. could be where it really starts to hurt you a little bit. This, uh, As much as I believe in this team, you have to kind of be aware that it could kind of go the other way, and you could be looking at a goaltender that's only going to be getting you about 25 to 27, 28 wins. So just keep an eye out for that. Varlamov is still around, and apparently Lou Lamarillo likes to kind of keep it sort of half seas, if you will. So we'll see how that all plays out. I did mention Barzal already. He's kind of your your big shining star up front. Uh, on the defensive end, Dobson is really starting to come into his own back there, becoming quite productive yep. uh, for a team, again, that's kind of devoid of high-end, top-end talent. Um, if you want another couple of options, and if you're kind of doing some deep dives, I have put down Beauvillier and Wallstrom for you here. Beauvillier, I'll be honest with you, a lot of people have gotten burned by him over the past couple of years. Is he ever going to actually turn the corner? We don't know. Wallstrom has had a decent start to the year. Not too bad. So he's an option for you as well. These are probably a little bit more, uh, I would assume, in a daily fantasy. If uh, you're looking for some injury replacements, that might be where you're looking at there. So um, there's your Islanders. My, my little sweetheart Islanders. Philadelphia Flyers. Now, forget the start of the year here, okay? What a mess, man. I don't know. Can, can, can <laughs> Torts get this group playing some decent hockey? So far, the answer to that question is yes. He can have them playing some decent hockey. So we'll see how this goes. We all know, we all know that Torts can kind of rub on you the wrong way. And for some, it's quite quick. So we'll see what kind yeah. of, if any turnover happens in Philly and if any bodies are moved out and br- uh, any bodies brought in that fit more of his system. But in regards to fantasy, you're looking at Travis Konechny. You're looking at a torts darling in Scott Lawton. Right now, that, that kid can't do anything wrong under torts, man. <laughs> uh, of course, a couple of youngsters that you want to keep a look at as well. Uh, in particular, you know, beware here again with torts hanging around. It could go either way. But you're looking at yeah. Morgan Frost and you're looking at Joel Fairby. Could be some decent secondary options. Of course, on the back end, you've got Tony D'Angelo, who this could completely blow up like an atomic bomb, or <laughs> this could completely go the other way, and you've got two kind of ornery kind of guys in Torts and D'Angelo, and it's just a perfect marriage, and the guy goes off for 55, 60 points. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, no mention of goaltenders in Philadelphia. Sorry. Nope. Used to like don't. Carter Hart. Still like him. Just don't like the Shut situation. Just don't like the situation, <laughs> bud. 
So not gonna happen. So there you so there you go, folks. That is your Eastern Conference look at players that you want to keep an eye on over the course of the year here. And it's so uh, it's over to me down uh, going into the West. And let me just start off by saying I did it differently. Mike and I are two different. We attack hockey differently. Mike loves is very good at finding things that are like like seriously like taking someone apart and you're like oh this is why mike's very good for that and i on the other hand kind of go a little bit more off the cuff and i do have some deep thoughts about this and i've given this some thoughts but i i go through it a little bit quicker and i also didn't put any sort of categories to this these are just the teams and i wrote it down and i got a blurb i was thinking more the lines of um, like a fantasy value who are the players that you want to look out for and that's kind of where i i, I left it and as we go through this, it'll seem a little bit quicker, but I want to leave it open for Mike and I to kind of chew a bit at it because um, I find that that's when uh, the best ideas come out, when we're just chewing it off. Um, so with that out of the way now, I'm going to say Anaheim and people in Anaheim, uh, you know, baby steps. You got Terry, you got Zegris, and they're both great. Um, we'd like to see them keep Milano. Actually, I think he just signed... He just signed with a, a team today uh, through – I can't even remember. I signed with Washington. Now, I know he is was, it, I know, oh, it is I know he was okay. going through waivers. I don't know if he made it through waivers and stayed with Washington or if he's with somebody else. I have not checked okay. that out yet. I think that's a bit weird, isn't it, like for Milano? I thought that he had something good in Anaheim. Like why – I wonder why he's, he's been cast away I'm like quite, this. I'm not quite sure either because, yeah, it kind of worked out for him a little bit there. Him and Zegers had a little something going on there for a bit during the year, but – it, I, I guess it. Did, yeah. I guess it did tail off a, a smidge, but I mean, hopefully, he finds a nice little spot in, in Washington. They could certainly. He's a good use player. A little, yeah, they could certainly use a little bit of offensive punch, especially with Backstrom out for a better part of the year. I know. We, I don't. I don't believe um, Milano's a centerman, but still, I mean, a little bit of offensive punch can't hurt. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I was a bit surprised that he wasn't around. Uh, Gibbons is another great trade asset, and most likely will be in the true uh, the rumor mill all season long, just like it was last year. It seems like he's sort of destined for that every single year, and I kind of feel bad for the guy. But does I don't know? Is it smart for Anaheim to keep him? I I don't well, know. I, I'm it's a toss up for me with Anaheim. If I'm Pat Verbeek, I am definitely trading uh, Gibson for sure. It's definitely gonna it's definitely gonna happen. I mean, the guy still has a little bit of value, so. Uh, again, health is probably what's bringing down his value a little yeah. bit, but, uh, but yeah. I, I would assume, especially if Anaheim's going to eat up a nice little chunk of his contract, I would assume somebody might take a gamble on him for sure. I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I, if, in terms of like this team and the direction it's going in, I just, I'm at a loss as to whether or not it's a clear and obvious choice to trade him or keep him. I don't know which one is the clear, obvious choice because I think this team isn't necessarily that far away from nope. being where they want to be. And Gibbons is really going to give them something great in that they don't have to worry about for a long time. He's got a long contract. So why would you trade him? Flip that over, though. If you can get rid of him and, and you'll get a nice return, then now your entire team is that much the better. So I, for me, I, I don't know where to land with Gibbons. I think you're good either way. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, so Arizona, well, they're playing in a college stadium, and the college stadium is called the Mullet Arena. Sweet. So that's a start. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't mind the name no, neither, Mullet Arena. Neither do I. It, it's not, it's not that at all for me. And and honestly, it looks like a great arena. Yep. 
um, but not for an NHL team. Nope. Like it's it's absurd <laughs> the effort that Bettman has put forth to keep Arizona in Arizona. It's it really it's got to be out of spite because I've it, for him to go so hard at keeping this alive. It's, spite it would be a wonderful tool for for that like if it's not spite then what is it what is his rationale for just continuously bailing out arizona at one point the league owned the team right yeah Yeah. how does that happen how does how does the league buy the team for long enough that an owner comes around and finally buys it and only now to end up in a college arena well, uh, yet still not defunct. And and here's the best part. And Marty, you and I have known this for years. As a matter of fact, any Canadian hockey fan has known this for years. And I get that there's red tape here, there, and everywhere in the whole nine yards. But we know that all they need to do is move that Arizona franchise to Quebec Quebecer. City. And that place Merci. is going to be filled 18,000, 19,000 people. It's like, dude. I, I have oh, God, it's ridiculous. I saw one of the most funniest memes the other day, and I'll leave it at this. And it was uh, a picture of Batman and then a, a picture of the um, Coyotes logo, you know, the Kachinga logo or whatever they want to call it. Yep. And what the Kachinga logo or the, the Coyotes saying, please just let me die. <laughs> it's like, dude, <laughs> it's just... the, the, like the franchise, for God's sakes, doesn't want to be there. They, no, 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 no political entity in, in, in Arizona or Tempe or wherever they want to be wants them to be there. Just give it up. Give it to a team. Just like, let it, dude. We we know it's going to sell it massively in Quebec. They're they're dying for a team. They've been dying for a team forever. Yeah. So listen, just Wouldn't make it. Issue. Just make it happen. It's it's absurd. And quite frankly, the only thing left to say about Arizona is just pray for Keller, Schmaltz, and Chitron. Oh my God, um, yes. That's all I can say. Great players, uh, but these are the only ones you should be looking at in Arizona. Uh, same thing goes in Anaheim. So the players I'm mentioning are the ones you need to sort of snuff out in your fantasy leagues, folks. Uh, so Kelly, now they. May not win 50 in regular season. They may. They may win more. I don't know what's going on with this team. I feel like they're able to win without, you know, Huberto necessarily taking off yet, without Uyghur necessarily taking off yet. Kadri's been playing pretty good out of the gate, kind of actually a little bit above what I, I thought. If he can maintain this, I'll be impressed. I don't think it's sustainable for Kadri. But as a whole, this team, there are so many players that you can look at. Like I already mentioned, Huberto, Uyghur, Kadri, um, uh, what did I write there? Oh, at Lidholm, uh, Matthew Payne, Anderson, but like they make all these players. Oh, that's what I wrote. Okay, I actually, that's why I got our proofread, folks. So, Huberto, Uyghur, Kadri make Lindholm, Matthew Payne, Anderson better. Markstrom is ridiculous, most likely again this year. And that Markstrom is. And that's the thing that really blows me away about this team is that you can talk about, you know, the top line the top two lines actually even all the way through all four they're so well balanced same thing on d but then when you sort of take all that away and you're you've got markstrom and nets like what are you really worried about in regards to as a as a flames fan what would you worry about going forward in the regular season or in the playoffs like you've got every angle covered it's it's a really impressive team and then you got Sutter over there behind the bench like he's doing pretty good and he knows what he's doing. So I don't know. It's Calgary is, if I had to actually rank these, I think I would have put Calgary ahead of uh, Colorado. Well, I mean, listen, they're my Stanley Cup pick again this year. Yep. I'm going to the friggin' well again this year with Calgary Flames. Wow. Baby. Yep. Okay. Going again. Going again. Uh, but I will say with, <laughs> with Calgary, I'll, I'll, you touched a little bit more on the players. I'll touch a little bit more on the management. For any Calgary Flame fans out there, 
what a roller coaster ride of an off season you guys had. But I will say this. You've got Tree Living as your GM. And by extension, there's obviously the owners gave him the green light to sign those contracts. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to listen. Uh, Tree Living needs to be praised for selling these players on Calgary and, 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 you know, the vision that he has for that team. But let's call it what it is here. It's not Tree Living's cash. So somewhere along the line, he had to go and ask, listen, can we sign these guys? And the, the boys up top sure. said, let's get it done. So I got to applaud the management team and the organization, the owners as well, because you went from a situation where you lost two-thirds of your top line. And Marty, you and I, I think, could arguably say that was one of the top lines of the league last year. Uh, full on. Uh, yes. Plus minus the whole nine yards. Absolutely. You, you've got these guys that are able to get that job done that they got, not only acquiring those players, but now signing them to... I mean, you've got nine years of Huberto. You've got nine years of oh. Uyghur. It's like, listen, after everything that went down... It's absurd. And and the team, and and even you've said it as well, Marty, over, over the course of the summer here too, that defense has gotten better. And that was a stout, yes. stout defense last year. <laughs> so, you know what? <laughs> Uh, I, I, a lot to like about Calgary. Definitely my pick to uh, to come out of the West, and as a matter of fact, my pick to win the Stanley Cup. This I would say Calgary holds the best chance I've seen a Canadian team to bring the cup back the cup back to uh, to Canada. In I since Edmonton actually made it to the finals, which would have been two thousand and six, I think. Yeah, 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 somewhere around there. This is the best since then. So almost 20 years. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's solid from top to bottom. We don't need to say, I won't say any more than that. This Scary. is just, just it's a, a team that has literally does have it all for you. From a team that has it all to a team that has nothing, Chicago. Now, uh-huh. sorry, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Kane and Taze, that's it. We're done. Um, <laughs> there was a clip <laughs> yesterday. I saw Kane yelling at Jones because they're in the middle. I think they were, so they're in the offensive zone. And I believe it was a power play. And for whatever reason, Jones is at the red line. At, so, But the puck was in the offensive zone. And for whatever reason, he's hanging out by the red line. And you hear Kane yell, where the fuck are you going? <laughs> like, And he had his hands by his side. And he was just like, I'm so done with this place, man. My players don't even know what the hell they're doing. We're on a power play. And you're on the fucking red line waiting for the puck. What are you doing? So that's that's Chicago. Tough times, I, I baby. Think Tough times. Ch- it's it's all metaphor, yeah. It's all metaphorical because Chicago at one point was in the offensive zone and then through stupidity on their own part pulled themselves back to the red line. And that's where we're at now. Now you've got assets, Kane and Taze, but that's it. And they're gonna get traded and they're gonna be gone. And if they wait, the thing is, is see, this is it. This is Chicago, right? Because they're both on expiring contracts. This is their last year there. This would be typical Chicago. Don't fucking do anything and just let them walk in the offseason yeah. and get nothing the way, more. The way things Tell are going me that's right now, not yeah. a possibility. That's a possibility. Hey, listen, it, 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 it would be quite, quite um, uh, the bad move on Chicago's part. And, and I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I speak for both but of us. But believable. That's my oh, point. It is. That's oh, why it, it's it funny. Is. It really is. <laughs> It, the way things have been going in Chicago lately, there from the, the so owner, the, the owner in that town hall to uh, to what yeah. they did at scorching the earth, the today. brink at, 
I mean, it's just you, you don't quite know what to say. I mean, don't there there's, you know, man. there's yeah. tearing it down, and then there's just, like, you know, absolutely setting fire to the whole thing and just a like, complete arson job yeah. here. Yeah, absolutely. Like, at, at some point, the entire management's going to have to go. They're going to have to replace everything top to bottom yeah. in order to win back the fans. Otherwise, I'm not sure. The trust there has been severed so mm-hmm. so severely that, as a fan, I would have a hard time buying tickets. Was it you? You're the one saying uh, on our uh, pre on our preseason show yeah. uh, you would go to in front and you would go to the oh, i'm knocking on the dude i'm knocking on the front door i'm going right <laughs> yeah, to the madhouse yeah. on madison and i want to speak to somebody you. gotta speak i to want somebody. to speak to the manager this is my karen moment <laughs> my cody moment is it cody if it's a if it's a guy is it cody or is it chad you know oh I don't know what it god is. it could be chad <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know <laughs> Chad sounds better. Before I name somebody. Chad? Okay, we'll go with that. All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Colorado. So uh, we have zero reason not to believe that they won't be in the finals again this year. So Makar, McKinnon, uh, Rantanen, Landis Cog. Although Landis Cog's injured right now, is he not? Yes, he is. Yeah. He is, eh? Okay, keep that in mind, folks. Ah, oh, that's too bad. He seems to start the season injured a lot, though. Uh, Devin Tays, are, they're all very dangerous, but the growth from Lekkinen and Nishushkin will be a steal, honestly, for the show. Uh, there's no reason to, to not give Georgiev any sort of hype because he's on a great team. There's no reason to think he can't do exactly what they did last year. Like, there's everything is in place. Like, this is a great team, great coach, great system. Everything works. They would, they're the only thing standing between Calgary and a Stanley Cup, most likely, in my opinion, at this point, the way the conversations are going. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a Colorado. Like, you've got a plethora of options for your fantasy team if you need to just sort of sort of work out which teams you want to focus on because they score a lot of goals. Well, Colorado is one of those teams. So just focus on them and go top to bottom. Top three lines are going to get you a lot of points. So yeah, actually, I think, and you've got somebody in your FS, do you not from Colorado, that you might as well yeah. be dressing today? Uh, that would be Mr. Alex Newhook. I've got, oh, Alex I've got Newhook. Newhook. Oh, that's yeah. another one too. Yeah, second yeah. Li- second line. He's getting his chance, so we'll see what he can do with it. The thing for me, and and you know what, Marty, we'll be talking. We've talked about it a lot before, and we'll talk about it, uh, you know, moving forward. Uh, when it comes to goaltenders, and we say the words like it's a great source of wins. This is a perfect example of that. You're getting Georgiev, who's pretty unproven, comes in there, and we talked about it a lot with Edmonton last year, Marty. All they need is average goaltending. Like, especially when it yep. comes to Colorado, you don't need, you don't even need good goaltending. All you need is average. You just need league average, just kind of getting the job done, making one of those saves that you need to per game type of deal, and they should be fine. So when it comes yeah. to uh when it comes to Georgiev, he certainly fits that bill for sure. Yeah, you can do a lot worse than Georgiev in terms oh, of wins. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. All right. So I think there's okay Edmonton. So they're a hundred percent better this year than last year. But of course, McDavid, Drysaddle, and Kane are a great three-headed monster. Uh, Campbell and Nets is a difference maker, no question. But I don't think it, it'll take him a little bit of time to get there. Remember, Campbell has the tendency to kind of fall into slumps here and there. Hopefully, what happened the other night is. Indication that he maybe fell into a little slump because it's nice to get those slumps out of the way early in the season. But what was really nice was the way Skinner stepped in. The game went to 4 3 after the first, but then after that, both sides shut it down. And Skinner played extremely well. Now, it's going to be difficult to justify giving Skinner anything more than, you know, 20, 25 games this year backed on the contract that Campbell had, unless Campbell gets into multiple slumps or an injury, which you hope neither happen. Um, but I I'm, I really want to see Skinner 
and Campbell end up in a, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but from a perspective from a fan, as an Oiler fan, and I want them to do really good, this is a good situation for a 1A, 1B. If Skinner can get his game up to the consistency level where he could be that 1B, Edmonton is that much more dangerous as a 1A, 1B with Campbell and Skinner. You got to put them both at the same skill level, and then all of a sudden this team is very dangerous. So much so that the three-headed monster in the West is Edmonton, Calgary, and Colorado. Not bad for Canada. But, uh, yeah, aside from that, sorry, the other players I mentioned, not much secondary scoring that I would have much faith in. Even Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, He looked good playing against Calgary the other day, but there's always that extra step when you're playing in the Battle of Alberta. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi and Kyle Yamamoto. Now, (laughs) I don't know. This is the season, right? Like, this is is the the one. Everyone, every year, this is is it. Jesse's going to do it. Watch Yamamoto. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, sure. But if if it ends up being this year, don't walk around thinking like you knew this was the year. Because this is every year was the year. And this is just a crapshoot at this point. So you're just hoping. So we didn't get better there. But the team is better as a whole. With Campbell where he is, a full season of Kane. And a huge hole on defense is an issue. So that's one thing that's going to continue to pull Edmonton down. But McDavid and Dreisaitl. If you need, no, we need three goals in the next period. Then, all right, McDavid and Dreisaitl can do that. Um, so there's always that secret weapon, right? And McDavid, even the other day, was he stayed on the ice after the practice was done. He stayed with somebody. I think it might have been Yamamoto. And they were uh, taking shots on Skinner. And they were just like just practicing extra. Like, and that goes to show you, McDavid never stops. He's like the Kobe yeah. Bryant of the NHL. We're just constantly working. And it's insane to say that because McDavid... You're head and shoulders above everybody else. Why do you need to do more? Because that's what greatness demands is that you continue to practice. You continue to work on it. You continue to get better. And, you know, good for him because he's, he's leading by example. But we'll see. Edmonton is a funny beast. Well, I, the, the nice thing about Edmonton and, you know, from from a, a, a fan's perspective who isn't an Oilers fan, uh, yeah, I, I really did like how, how things played out in regards to uh, – uh, the loss to to Calgary, and what I mean by that isn't the actual loss itself, but the the way no. that Skinner did come in, and that was really solid. So, if, if yeah. you guys can get anything like that, I really do feel that you know you're well on your way here because I'm I, I listen Campbell, I think is maybe a fifty fifty five fifty five game guy, and and that's not and that's not a problem. That's not no. a problem. That's not a problem in today's NHL in, in, in regards to having your goaltender ready to rock and roll in the playoffs. And I really wouldn't have a problem with that at all. And if you're getting anything like you got the other night with Skinner, and as a matter of fact, he's starting the game tonight. Is it? Uh, I believe is is, is it he good for I, him? I, I think I think he's getting the start. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but listen, if you're going to get if the you're, old left wing lock, if you're going to get anything like that from Skinner, I, I think you're in really, really good shape out there in Edmonton because I, you know, again, uh, Campbell doesn't need to be a world beater out there. He needs to play some solid hockey and that's all he needs to do. So it's not like you need everything and everything uh, to happen for you in, in nets out there in, in, in oil country. So I think you're in good shape. Well, I'm having a look, but I just remembered something. Aren't you uh, working for? Aren't you the one who's actually supposed to be sending those in? Yes, I am. So you tell me, is is Skinner starting? Well, hold on there. I I I, I don't send every one of them in there. 
There's a whole bunch of us, my I friend, just... that help out. But uh, but if I'm not Excellent. mistaken, I I thought I did see that Skinner was in okay. tonight, um, which I makes perfect sense. The guy played very very well, and yeah, I, I really it. I really absolutely absolutely. Yeah, that's another secret weapon for Edmonton. Is I think Jay Woodcroft is actually going to bring a certain type of aura to this swagger, team. man. He's got swagger. a swagger. Yeah, and it's going to be very healthy like for it. this team. It's going to give this team something good. Um, all right, so this Dallas. And now I feel funny about Dallas because I want to give them all the praise in the world. I want to legitimately put them in the top five. Just as much, almost just as much as I want to put them in the, not in the bottom five, but out of the playoffs. Because I I do feel like they've got some great pieces. So Rupe Heinz, um, Joe Pavelski, believe it or not, will, actually he'll continue to do really well because he really likes it in Dallas, obviously. Uh, he plays very well with the people that he's surrounded with, Robertson and Heinz, and there's another one too. Um, but there's one guy that I'm actually kind of really excited for right now, and he, he came flying out of the gate, is uh, Marchman. And he came over from Florida. And he's got three goals in two games. In fact, I'll talk about him later too. Um, but him and, and and even actually he's helping out Sige and and you know your boy Heiskinen. He's doing pretty mm-hmm. good actually. I think he's by all things considered, um, he's he's right where you were hoping with him right now, right? Like I know it's only two games in there, but are you feeling like Dallas is doing enough with all these players, especially including Heiskinen, that this team can continue to take another step forward? Like, did they do enough? Well. I- if it comes to Dallas, I'm going to put it this way: they're sneaky good. This yeah. is a t- they, you, you look at the lineup, and it's I, I don't want to say it's underwhelming. It certainly isn't underwhelming, but there's other rosters that you just kind of like, you know, a Colorado or uh, you know maybe, maybe a Tampa Bay or something like that. But I don't know. There's just something about them. They kind of have all the the necessary pieces. Decent first line that can kind of do some damage. They got a couple of D. Again, I'm pretty high on Heisken and myself, so you know I think they're they're they got some nice D down there. I think they made a nice trade for uh, Nils Lundqvist uh, from the Rangers. Yeah, I know he I know he I know he hadn't done too much with the Rangers, but I do think that there's an opportunity here uh, now that he's getting his opportunity. And yeah. of course, listen, uh, I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from. Uh, uh, from you when it comes to uh, the goaltender here, but man, uh, that is uh, looking real good. Yeah, Jake Oranger is about as top tier as you can get. I, I I feel the only reluctancy people might have around him right now is that he's so young and he hasn't been doing it for as long as he sh- maybe should have in order to get that kind of pedigree. But in my mind, I've been saying it forever and I'll continue to say it. There's nothing stopping Jake Oranger. This is his league. Um, he can own... It. I don't know. Every stat. I, I think he's got everything it takes to be... I don't even want to compare him to another goalie. That's the thing. Like He plays... I feel like he's got his own game. He's got his own swagger. He's playing at his speed. He's doing things his way, and it's all working out really good. And I don't see any of this slowing down for him at all. I see Dallas being a good spot for him, and I see him bringing a lot of good to this team. So good for Dallas. But like I said at the beginning, I, I feel Dallas's structure right now, I want to put him in the top five almost as almost as much as I can put him out of the playoffs. And I don't know what it is, but yeah. I, I feel like they still have the potential to just not quite be there yet. But I, I don't know. I, nothing's really – I mean, I think right now they're actually uh, – they, they, I think they won – have they won both their games? Or is I believe it so, yeah. 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 They're I think the so. I mean, I know it's it's again early and whatnot, but it's a good start for them, and they needed that. I think last year they they actually started out really slow last year coming out of the gate. So, but um, so, so 
So would you would you say that you see them uh, fighting for a wild card spot? Is that kind of where? Is that kind I of think the in the end, I think I kind bit? of no. I think I kind of actually see them somewhere in the five six area seed, okay. um, right in the middle okay. of the pack. Not making too much noise, but definitely one of the better teams. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're out of it, only because again, there's something about this team that suggests that their 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 core isn't quite there yet. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what? <laughs> I, I'm saying oh. this, and I'm feeling like I'm, I sound like an idiot because, quite frankly, I, I think at the end of the day, Jake Oringer will actually make sure. No, nah, no, nah, we're good. So five or six seed for them. No, I mean, listen, it, it, when it comes to Dallas, there, I the, the thing about Dallas, great team, and I do think that they, you know, they can do a little bit of damage here. But I think you will agree with me, Marty. They're one injury away from kind of having a little bit of a hiccup. Maybe right? that's like, it. They're that type of. I'm feeling that something. Yeah, team. maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that could be it. That could see that. You can imagine if Jake Oringer goes down. That's a good point, actually. Then that's the well, season that's the thing, might be right? gone there. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're, uh, when I say they're, when I say one trick pony, what I mean by that is that they're kind of a one trick pony with the first line. They're kind of a one trick pony with having their their guy on D again. I'm probably biased a little bit with Heiskanen, <laughs> but they also have their kind of one off when it comes to the goal. So my point is, folks, is if any of these one offs, if any of these one offs yeah. go kind of get broken up, i.e., the first line, if a, a player gets injured off that first line, you know, do you have what it takes? To, to, to continue to you know, keep the cha- train chugging along here. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how this year plays out for them. Uh, so moving on to L.A. Uh, now, they may have overachieved last year, but that doesn't mean that they can't repeat this year. So if we can go out and got Fiala. Uh, Koptar is obviously still there. A uh, very smart hockey player. Uh, Kempe, uh, Iafalo, they're good enough to make opponents pay for underestimating them. Um, I don't see Quick necessarily repeating last year, but I don't necessarily think Pedersen will either. I think actually he'll do better this year. Um, there's still some bumps in the road for both of these goalies, I think. I don't think neither of them... I think Quick is obviously, at some point, he has to be on the way out. Um, and Pedersen, I think, is still kind of a little too slow coming into the role. But I think together they can still put in enough wins that uh, L.A. falls into that same category, probably somewhere around the, well, maybe a little lower, seven or eight if they're in the playoffs. But maybe not this year again. Like Because, again, last year overachieved right am i wrong did they overachieve oh no I, I certainly think they punched above their weight for sure but i will say i do like the uh, acquisition of kevin fiala i like yeah. him coming into coming into play i really think that gives him a, a nice little dynamic i mean you got a 30 goal score right i mean mm-hmm. he should be scoring 30 goals easily with that group out there so yep. i i think they're rounding into form quite nicely i think I think you touched on it, Marty. I think it comes down to the goaltending. Yeah. Uh, another one of those teams that where I think if one of them goes down, it's another one that's going to be severely affected by that because mm-hmm. I don't think either one of them are actually going to do very good in long stretches if they need to. You can't lean on either of those goalies, so it's another one of those situations where, yeah, one injury away and it may not work out for them. But that's just in the goalie category. And on defense, it's kind of a different issue. But anyways, <laughs> I think I mentioned everybody I needed to mention out of L.A. Um, so Minnesota, bit of a top-heavy team. Uh, and obviously, your boy, Cap, uh, Zuccarello, you know, Hartman's even there and Rossi. Um, oh, what's the other guy? <laughs> I don't think I'd put him down. Um, there's somebody else I would oh, want uh, thank Matt you. Boldy. Yeah, Matt Boldy. Uh, he's another one for sure. And these are all great players uh, coming together. I think they're going to eventually be really good as a whole. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, I think, is sort of like a, a last grasp to stay in the playoff hunt uh, and make some noise in that regard. But I don't think this team necessarily has enough to... Last year, I felt like they were dangerous. You needed to be aware of Minnesota. 
This year, I don't think you need to be aware of much more than the players I just mentioned. And you'll get what you need out of those players. But in terms of this team going further or, uh, sorry, achieving maybe more than what they did last year, absolutely not. I think they'll be a lot lower than that this year. Minnesota, for for me, is... uh... I, I still have them up there. I actually have them uh, really? as the uh, the second second seed in the central is where I predicted to have them to have them fall. But I mean, listen, it's been a rough start, right? I mean, oof. yeah, the, the goaltending, the defense has not looked good right now. You, you got to hope it's just a chemistry thing. But but, but this like, is basically like said, what they had last year, though, right? In terms of defense and goaltending. So to me, that's why I had an issue with the team. Sorry, minus Cam Talbot. And I think Cam Talbot really bailed him out a lot, a lot last year. I think he bailed himself out a lot. Um, I don't think anybody saw that kind of a season from Talbot. And then, obviously, he ran into his issues, fizzled out. But then they brought in Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury is always a better finisher than a starter. So what you're seeing from, from him right now, don't worry about that. He'll He'll regain his form and he'll be fine. But I think at the end of the day, you don't really have a great one-two punch in nets. And you don't really have a great one punch at all on defense. You've got players who can play defense. You don't have anybody who could really quarterback a power play. They've got Spurgeon every time out there. And sometimes they used um, oh, yeah, Dumba. Dumba. But yep. neither of them have really ever sort of you know, done what uh, McCarr does. Well, actually, it's a bad comparison. Or even a Burns does uh, at this point now in Carolina. Like, no player has really ever stepped up on defense in that regard. So that, because Minnesota has always been heavy on, on defense in the past, last year they were a lot heavier on the offense. Now they're kind of in limbo with that. And that's kind of why I feel they're going to be in trouble with this. They're not really going to know exactly which identity they want. And to make things even worse, and that's, again, Marc-Andre Fleury getting old, two-year contract. Maybe he suffers longer stretches this year than we're used to seeing from him. And that puts mm-hmm. Minnesota in an even worse position. Now the like talk about zero identity so you know cap will do what he does because he's great and same thing for zuccarello and some of those other pieces uh there'll be sprinkled in there great pieces and they'll still succeed this will be a good team but i think in the end they end up a lot lower than where they were last year i don't give them as much credit as you do no offense mike but you're wrong um (laughs) hey hey whoa hold on here truth hurts nashville now, they're sneaky dangerous. You know, Forsberg, Duchesne, Yossi, and Saros uh, can absolutely carry this team all season long. And thankfully, there is depth within this team. Um, I think Duchesne is kind of, and uh, you know, yes, I have him on my team. But I thought this before I picked him. Um, <laughs> so I think Duchesne can actually, I think what we saw in him last year, I think he can repeat. <clears throat> and I'll tell you why. Because leading up to... There was always flashes of brilliances with Duchesne. And I, it, he, he's been juggled around enough that maybe his ego, because that's something I had heard through, you know, who, where, who knows where this bullshit comes from. But at one point I had heard he was a bit of a, an ego issue. Um, so I, I have a feeling last year what we saw was him sort of giving into a system that he himself believes in, that there was a benefit for everybody around. He signed that long-term contract. Um, and every year he's been in Nashville, he's been, you can see a progression. You can see a direction with him, something that makes more sense. And his, his game kind of fills out. 
And I think his game really plays well with Forsberg and Yossi. And I think that's part of the reason why we were able to see Duchesne have a career year last year. And part of the reason why I think you'll see it again this year because everyone's there for the same, like for long term. So this is a good core for Nashville. And I think they can push this one through. And Duchesne is going to be one of the better beneficiaries for that. Well, you know what's kind of funny? And I'm going to go a little bit sidebar off of the kind of fantasy talk here a little bit. Both Nashville and Minnesota – both some really solid teams, both aspirations for the playoffs, and we'll certainly push for that in both cases as far as I'm concerned. What do you think about this statement? Could one of these two teams have the first coach fired this year? <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because Dean Evison and John Hines are not your top-tier elite kind of coaches, right? Not really. So, and and listen, before I go any further, I'm not taking anything away from those two gentlemen. I am not a coach in the NHL. I I don't pretend to be. I'm sure they're very skillful at what they're doing. Just two teams who have great aspirations. Like, they're they're not both GMs, both organizations, both fan bases are looking for solid seasons from both of these teams. I wonder if we see our first coaching fire out of one of these two teams. Just to, we've seen the coaching bump and, and how that's really... Uh, affected teams over the last little while. Be interesting to see. Just kind of going sidebar on these two teams here. It's interesting you pointed those two teams out, but uh, something something to pay attention to a little bit closer this year season. Uh, what season? This year. Um, so moving along, San Jose. Now this is honestly this is a team that has a lot of sneaky beauties. Um, I can never pronounce his name. Is it Meir or Meyer? I, everybody knows I have his Meyer. name. Meyer. Meyer, thank you. Timo so, Meyer. Yeah. Timo Meyer, Hurdle, uh, Couture, Carlson. They're all great sneaky picks, but that's about it. This team has it up its sleeves. Like, there's nothing else going on for this team. They're sneaky picks. There's nobody that you're going to look and go, yeah, definitely a smart pick. He's absolutely going to. Now, Meyer and Hurdle would be the only two I would consider to be the most consistent out of the sneaky picks. But both of them won't necessarily be the reason why you win a league. Um, you don't have to rush and get them. There are other players who get basically the same kind of numbers that they're going to dole out there. San Jose isn't, I don't know. They're, I, for me personally, I don't look at that team and think points. So San Jose is just sort of sitting there right now. I think maybe on the cusp of trying to rediscover itself. That's kind of what I'm feeling with San Jose and where we're at right now. Um, so next up Seattle. Now this is an interesting one too, because, oh my goodness, that was quite the shellacking the other day. People are already, uh, asking for Haxel's resignation or just put his head on the block altogether. One or the other. Um, I, and it's frustrating because, and I, I actually, I completely agree in this case that this, I think it's a bad coach on a decent enough team. Because they do have some pieces that are worth looking at. Uh, Bjorkstrand and Burakovsky, obviously two worthy additions to any fantasy team. Um, Bernier's obviously, he's another one too. And Shane Wright, who knows what's going on there really? Because I think he's still relegated to the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I mean. I think this. I think. I think it's the coach that is part of the issue with this team because I think there's something that could be done there with this team. It's just not happening with this coach. Um, The system isn't the way this team should be run. Um, I'm not a big fan of having... I don't mind having Shane Wright sent down to the fourth line to send a message on the first game. I really don't mind that at all. In fact, it's something I probably... I I can't remember right now, but on the first day I saw it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Keep him there. So, you know, kind of bring him down, bringing down his ego. But now at this point, 
I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand why keeping, you've got to try and utilize him as best you can. Get him out there. Get him those minutes. Get him excited. That's when he's at his best. And that will probably help him with his attitude as well. So from a coaching perspective, that's I think a lot of people agree with me on that. So I'm a little bit lost at this. So I think unless Seattle gets rid of its coach, start, like I, it's, I don't normally like to say get rid of the coach. But in this case, I think it's a good move. Uh, for Seattle, because again, I don't think there's anything horrible there. They've got a good team. I'd have to agree with you wholeheartedly on that, Marty, because whenever he did get hired, and I don't know how you felt about it, I thought it was extremely surprising with what the other options that were on the market. I, I just didn't think it was a fit. I, I didn't, I wasn't particularly excited about it in all honesty. I mean, you know, you kind of deferred to Ron Francis, and I mean, the guy's a, a very good GM, and uh, you, you kind of trust in, in, in his. His That's why it's surprising, though, it. right? I think it's Francis I, doing this is surprising. That's what's still question. Like, why? What is the real? There's got to be a secret motive. I don't it's, know. Is it Bedard? I didn't like it though. Is Bedard the motive? I bet it's oh, Bedard. Maybe. I think it is. <laughs> He's gonna get those three centers taken care of, boy. God damn right. <laughs> That's gonna be fucking there, look out. That'd be amazing. I mean, at the, at the very least, with Seattle again, and I go, I go back to the to the draft. If, if Ron Francis is sitting there as his team is getting put together with that expansion draft and you're sitting there telling me that you're going to get Matty Beneers and Shane Wright, uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty decent way to start our franchise. We'll, that's pretty we'll, smart. we'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, in the overall scheme of things, I yes, there I'm sure there's certain things that the fan base would like, but uh, I think Seattle is in good shape. Again, aside from the coach, I yeah. think you are right. I think he needs to go. I think there's still time, lots of time, actually. I think we maybe a lot of us have been spoiled with what happened over there in Vegas and how they, you know, came out of the gates a, a perennial playoff favorite at this point. Um, the reality of the situation is, is in terms of Seattle, you've got time. Um, don't worry about it. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of really good hockey in your future. So just hang tight. Uh, moving right along, St. Louis. Now this is the team. I'm, I'll make a prediction with this team. This is the team that's about to explode on offense. This year, Buchnevich, Thomas, and Tarasenko are about to have career years. Even though Tarasenko just had one, he's about to have another one. Because I feel this is his last year of his contract, if not next. So he's got more to prove, even more so than he did last year after coming back from that injury. Um, O'Reilly and Kairou, like, are honestly just beautiful players. Kairou, too. Like, in fact, I should have put him a little bit higher. Um, I love Kairou. I love his game. I think it's going to be awesome again watching this year. He's going to grow even more, uh, put, which means it pushes him in the eighty. Uh, 80 point category so um, aside from that you've even honestly these aren't bad suggestions either Falk uh, on D is actually a lot more consistent than most people realize he's and he'll usually get you the double digits and goals so in our league where you get an extra point for a goal that means a lot Tory Krug down your lap for him last year he'll be fine Periaco he's another good one too so the only thing left hopefully Bennington has worked out whatever was going on and this is the better year for him because I think in the end of the day, St. Louis is one of those teams that you look at from a fantasy perspective and go, Jesus, there's a lot to choose from here. So have fun. Pick from the top six, maybe even the top nine. Have some fun. And on D, definitely have a look through. There's at least three, if not four players you can pick there for your team and be very satisfied. Just careful on the nets. Uh, Vancouver. I got three teams left. Vancouver. All right. Boasting the likes of J.T. Miller, Elias Pettersson, and Quinn Hughes, Vancouver sprinkles in a fair amount of secondary scoring with Garland, Bozer, and Horvat. Uh, a full-year Boudreaux and a steady hand from Demko. This team should be in the playoff picture, but um, they won't. 
I, I, I think it's nice. I think they're gonna they're they're gonna come out pretty good. They're gonna have stretches here and there, but I, I there's something missing on this team. I haven't put my finger on it yet. Maybe Joel knows what it is. Um, but there's something about this team that there's in, a piece. In my missing. eyes, it's defense that's holding this team back. And I mean that you know you got to draft and develop, so it, that could take a little bit of time unless they go to the trade route. And you never yeah. know with Jeremy Rutherford. Uh, not um, yes, Jim. Rutherford's out there. Jim Rutherford. Jeremy, I think, is a reporter for the Blues. Anyway, uh, so so Rutherford, with Rutherford being out there, uh, you know, he's kind of known as a bit of a trader, so he could potentially sure. being uh, it could potentially be a, a trade that that comes through for uh, for some defensive help. But I mean, again, the names that you mentioned, they got some great forwards. Uh, Demko is is uh, pretty elite here. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you got everything you need except that except that defensive game and. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out here over the next little while. Like I say, with with Rutherford and Rutherford in the picture, you just never know. I'd say that for as much as they need a little bit help, a little bit more help on D, I would say one more established winger. Not sorry, established. Okay. That's a terrible thing to say. I'd say one more winger that can help. There's something about Elias Peterson that isn't moving. It's not clicking. Something ain't happening. Like the way Nazan had Bertuzzi all of a sudden, then all of a sudden Nazan really woke up. Like Nazan was good before Bertuzzi, but they had two, three years of those two like just owning the league. And I feel like right now that's what he needs. He needs another player with him to just give him that extra little boost because I feel like he's flat-footed for some reason. It makes no sense. Like he that was supposed to be his team, but then in comes JT Miller. Now all of a sudden it's his team, and he's the one driving mm-hmm. the offense. I don't understand what happened there because this was Elias Pedersen's team offensively to take to the next level. And he just decided not to anymore. So I, I think it's because he needs that one other piece. So I would say those two pieces are missing out of Vancouver. Um, Vegas. So I do like this team. Like, I, I don't think anybody doesn't like Vegas. You know, they're a great team to love. Lots of players. Eichel Stone, Dale Dog. They're all strong players when healthy. Um, great and really great. Like this is, they're almost stronger in their secondary than they secondary than they are with their all stars. Marcheseau, Pietangelo, Smith, Stevenson, Carlson, and they added Kessel last year too. So this team has a lot of that secondary scoring where you're like, okay, geez, I need another player that's going to potentially still get some top six minutes and some power play one or two. Um, you looked at this team and you got some of those players because a lot of those players will jump between the three lines and all three of them, all three lines get used a lot. Like Marceau is starting out the season on the third line. He's already got three goals in three games. So there's no slowing down on those lines. So you can go one through three and you'll be fine. So Vegas, a lot of fun. And actually, sorry, one more shout out to uh, Thompson. I think you'd be, I, I know I have him and he started the season out with a shutout. So that's why I'm saying it. No, I think this is a really, there's a really good chance for Thompson to do something special there. In fact, when Leonard comes back, I don't think it's going to be his job anymore. I think it's Thompson's to lose. And Thompson's going to prove that throughout this entire season. There's going to be a heavy workload on Thompson. Think Soros in Nashville. Not this year, but eventually that'll be Thompson in Vegas. That's my prediction for him. Well, I have to agree with you with the Thompson assessment because with the combination of the defense that they have out there, and let's face it, that's a really, really nice defense out there, top six. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Theodore, Peter Angelo, you got Haig out there. Uh, so, I mean, the, the White Cloud. I mean, Haig great is third huge. huge. Yeah, I know. Seriously. My God. The, but all that to say, that combined with Cassidy coming in there as the coach. Yeah, that's <clears throat> a good me, plus. Who's, who's a little bit more defensive-minded. Yep. 
that's definitely going to help out when it comes to uh, Logan uh, Thompson's numbers, win totals as well. So we'll see how it all plays out, but he's in a good spot. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to finish this off with Winnipeg. And uh, like, I'm not sure what the point of stripping Wheeler of the captaincy was. Like, what was the point of that? Just to not have a captain and then go three strong alternate captains. Seems Bowen is hell bent on changing everything about this team. And I don't think it's being well received. I don't think it's going to be well received. I don't think his players are necessarily going to, they don't mind the fact that there's a change of the guard, but I don't think the amounts of change that Bowen's going to be introducing to this team that the fans are going to be, or sorry, the players are going to be on board with. They got some, they have a lot of talent Hellebuck, Shifley, Ellers, Connor, and even maybe even Pierre Luc Dubois. They're all worthy additions to any fantasy team. But quite frankly, the off ice moves have me questioning what the on ice success will be and i think it's not going to be that great i think it's going to i think by the whole i think it all started with stripping wheeler i think from there it went downhill and i think it's going to keep going downhill hellebuck is going to have to play extremely well like all season long and play 80 games oh yeah i mean i agree with you there it's it this is going to rest on hellebuck i think i i kind of think they're they're headed to roughly about the same area that they were last year and unfortunately that is outside of the playoffs yeah. Do they have the roster to fight for a wild card and potentially even get in? They do have the pieces. I, I, I just think that there's some other teams that are stronger than them that are that are going to do better than them. And at the end of the day, it should, they just won't have enough to, to to leapfrog these teams. They won't be consistent uh, enough. That'll be their biggest killer. I, I gotta agree with you. I think there's a consistency uh, at play here for sure when it comes to the Jets. Definitely. Yeah. And that's that. So that's around the boards. All 32 teams, folks. Not bad. Pretty good. Not too Touched shab. a little bit on everybody. That's yeah, not bad. Got some names out there for your fantasy leagues. Which brings up our next segment, Check My Fanny, which is going to be a shorter one just because there's only been one week. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, but interesting week. To, nonetheless, like there was only the one week, but there's already some, I don't want to call it drama, but something very interesting happened. Well, I mean, look at it. First week of the season here, we got some familiar names that are at the top of the list. <clears throat> Ourselves, uh, your 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 hosts of this podcast. We're um, but we did have like like you did mention, Marty. We did have a I, I don't know if I'd call it an upset per se, but um, we did have uh, Scott kind of uh, take uh, top honors in regards to top scorer of the week with yep. the uh, Royals. So. Uh, he had a, a great game against uh, your brother in the apocalypse. So uh, the scores for this week, the Dragons had a 41-34 to win against the Bucks. Uh The Brigands were able to hold off the Demons, 39-33. to uh, The aforementioned Royals had the uh, top score of the week, 42 points, against the Apocalypse, 32. And uh, the last game of the week here, we've got the Cougars uh, just barely kind of <laughs> squeaking out a win here against the Pawn Hogs. Uh, it certainly was the low-scoring affair of the week, um, 26 to 22. But he was able to manage to pull out a win there. So, uh, a couple of teams, uh, well, three of us in our own division here are one and zero. So, uh, it it starts for the first week here with a plethora of us at the top of the leaderboard in the uh, I, what are we? How division? We're the how? Yeah, I believe we're yeah, the how. Yes, yeah. three. So there you go, folks. Four teams pulled off a win in the how division. And yeah, three out of the four in the Gretzky division came out with a loss. So that's so. But our uh, our big surprise, our big surprise, and I think who you wanted to talk about this week. I'll let you uh, go uh, off on that a little bit. And without purposefully trying to jinx the Royals here, but I might. No, be we're jinxing the same time. them. We're trying to okay. jinx them. Oh no, Huge totally jinx. Shout out here to Mr. Scott. 
but honestly, many of us have already talked about what Scott has done with his team and how quickly it has turned around. His team, currently constructed, will compete. It might be his league, and we're just living in it, quite frankly. And I, I, I say that not just to try and be funny, but quite frankly, I'm serious. I think... His team, the way it's built, so long as they continued exactly the way he started, this is the most dangerous team in, the, in our league by far. And it's because of the potential that is there. And if all that potential is got, then holy geez, Scott, Ber- uh, Berniers, Brat, Zegras, Fox, both Kachucks, and a lot of other ones mixed in with Jerry, Huso, and, and Georgiev in Nets, like... There's not an angle that he hasn't thought of. His forwards, his defense, his goalies, every every position, uh, his bench, everything is taken care of. He's well set. So long as it keeps working out the way it did in the first week, which you could say about any team, and I get that, but the difference here is I think the ceiling on everybody on Scott's team is a lot higher, whereas I'm aware of my ceiling with the players I have. They're older, they're older and more established, so I know what I'm getting. With Scott, there's a bit of a, a positive question mark, and yes, it can go the other way too, but I don't think so. I think this is a young kid's league now, and I think Scott's got a good hold of that. And I think it's his, this is his season. I well, think. you know what? I mentioned it to him over the summer through text, and I basically told him, I said, listen, you got, you do have a roster now that can beat anybody any given week. So, I mean, he's he, he's there. He, he doesn't – it's not like he's kind of going in and saying, okay, well, I really hope that these guys nah. – like, he, he's got a team that can beat any other of the seven teams any given week. So, I mean, he, he's, he, he's there now. It, it, it's certainly turned the corner for sure. And think it'll be worth it's worth noting <laughs> if he ends up in the top two, okay, the way you and I were last season. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting that because Scott and I used to own the, the brigands together. So back to back seasons where I'm in the running for first and the next season Scott's in the running for first, that'd be very telling of how good Scott and I really are at this. Oh, <laughs> we well. just not Jeez, very good together. On, we're just pat yourself <laughs> on the back much, bud. Oh, it's no problem. <laughs> Just, just spewing out facts. But again, facts. Scott and I are terrible together. We can't, we can't manage a team. We're, we're too bad worried marriage. about se- stepping it's on each other. Bad, bad marriage, exactly. Too, too scared of stepping <laughs> on each other's toes. Toesies. Um, so, was there anything let's, else you want to talk about the CFHL, or you want to go right into you, the last you know segment, beauties? I, th- I think we can go into what is the beauties favorite and segment. The beast. Yes. Beauties and the beast. <laughs> Do second we, second installment of Beauties and the Beast, but the first true. one officially starting the season here. So, Bring it. You're up first there. Okay, my friend. We're going to start off with Rasmus Dahlin. 6'3", 202 pounds. We've got a 22-year-old. Uh, in two games played, he's got two goals and one assist. And I, I mention, I'm going to mention that in our own pool. That basically, instead of uh, maxing out at three points, it's actually five for us with the, goal, uh, the uh, defenseman scoring. Uh, he's a plus three on a Sabres team right now. What I love even more, though, 25-03 a night uh, yeah. time on ice. So he is logging some heavy, heavy minutes right now for uh, for the Sabres. Uh, that combined with him, uh, uh, quarterback and power play one. I, re- I mean, this kid's confidence, I don't know if you kind of uh, kept an eye on things over the course of the summer. He really kind of mentioned that, you know, he... W- 
not that he wasn't himself, but he just wasn't allowing him is his true character to kind of come out. And I think that's with any young player, as you kind of come into a team and, you know, you kind of want to get your, get your footing a little bit first before you really start to, you know, pound on the walls, be the guy who's, you know, kind of barking at players or whatever the case may be. Right. So, I mean, still only 22 years of age, the kid's got a, a you know, ton of upside. Uh, I really do feel that there's a ton of untapped potential with this guy. I know that Owen Power being there, uh, there is somewhat of a, f- a fearfulness that he may cannibalize some of his points. And you know what? That may that may happen down the line. But I think we know how this kind of goes, right? Whenever you've got that established offensive presence on the back end, uh, especially when it comes to a power play, and I mean, Darlene is pretty dynamic with the skating and stuff. It's going to be him for the for the foreseeable future here. I'm not saying that power won't at some point start to eat yeah. into that, but I really do feel like you've got uh, uh, you've got everything that you need with this kid now. I mean, drafted and and in, in, in the league when he's 18, he's now 22. So going, I believe he's going into his fifth season. So he's really starting to take the reins now, and I really do think that you're going to see uh, quite a. Uh, uh, I don't I, I don't want to say breakout. Uh, but I do think that this guy can push your 55 points. And of course, with our scoring system, I think that goes a little bit higher. Um, next up for me, uh, in regards to beauties, top scorer of the league so far, Sidney Crosby just keeps doing it. Won't, will, not, will not go away. Just continues to get the job done. Uh, you know, it, it gets thrown around a lot, Marty. But how much more of a pro's pro can you have in this? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like. You know, goes out onto the ice, gets the job done. But it's not even so much that that's the uh, the exciting part or or the impressive part. It's the way this guy at his age, he's thirty five now, man. And dude, tree trunks for friggin' oh, yeah. legs, man. Like uh, yeah. he just keeps himself in such massive physical shape. It. it it, it, it it's something to, to behold, to be honest with you, this late in his career, and it just does not stop. I mean, you know, the organization obviously wanted to keep the band together, keeping Latang and Malkin around, an aging roster, as I mentioned before. But God, for God's sakes, when you got a guy like that leading your team, you know... You can uh, well, it's funny you, you should mention that too because he's part of the reason why they were able to re-sign uh, uh, Malkin. Malkin was more or less convinced he wasn't going to get re-signed. Yeah. Crosby had a meeting with Malkin. Then he went back, had a meeting with uh, management and said, listen, this is absurd. I'm, I'm assuming here. I'm also paraphrasing. But, like, he got the job done for them. So, yeah, he's leading the yeah. team on and off the ice. He's a captain. And, and and that's and that's kind of where I'm going. I mean, how can you take them out of the Stanley Cup conversation? Like, you can say whatever you want about the team. You can point at all the, def- the you know, deficiencies, this and that, and the other thing. But this is a, a franchise that, you know, back in 16 and 17, if you go back and look at their defensive uh, top six, I'm sorry, that's not jumping off the page at you. No. So these guys have done it before, and it's just a matter of will yeah. over skill sometimes with these guys, right? Yeah. So, I mean, again, Crosby, one of my beauties this week. Uh, going over to Minnesota here for the next couple, one's a beauty, one's a beast. Uh, Matt Boldy, man, oh, man. I yeah. I am, <laughs> as a Rossi owner, and I know I'm going off cue here, but as a Rossi owner, I hope he eventually gets the Boldy treatment because Boldy came in there mid-season last year and just really started to produce, like just a solid, you know, it's not a guy that scored 40 goals here, but, you know, you could have potentially been on pace here for it. I'd have to check yeah. that out, but this is a guy... Six foot two, two hundred and one pounds, twenty one years old. So young kid, a bit of a big boy here. 
two games awesome. played, two goals, two assists, four points, plus three. Here's the impressive part for me. 1920, time on ice. Like, this guy is over 19 minutes now as a 21-year-old. And, yeah. and, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe there's any big uh, injury out there in Minnesota. So this guy is getting uh, his comeuppance. He's getting his due. Um, you know, he's playing well with the, uh, the time he, uh, he's getting. I mean, if he gets any kind of exposure, like even more exposure to Kaprizov and Zuccarello, yeah. I know he's on power play one with it from the, actually, I think he's on power play two, but if he ever gets onto that power play one, yikes, man. And I mean, this is a young guy. Don't know if he's sitting around on any kind of free agent lists or if maybe a GM, it's, you know, is in a, a win now mode. Maybe he's looking to move him. This is a guy you probably want to get your hands on. Uh, you know, he, he's certainly uh, uh, making a case for himself uh, out in Minnesota. And and I, if I'm not mistaken, I do believe he's actually currently on the third line there right now. But it, I, I just don't see a world where this guy, by the end of the year, is not solidly on that second line in Minnesota doing damage just like he has done already. So uh, my last beauty for the week is Matt Boldy. According to Daily Faceoff, he's he's now currently on the first power play unit, and yes, he is on the third line. So okay, he's getting that exposure, man, and that's all you need. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. If he if he can start to get do a little bit of damage on that power play, that's only going to lead to him moving up in the lineup on that 100%. second line. So absolutely, yeah. Sticking with Minnesota, <laughs> um, my eighth overall pick Oof. in this year's draft. Emphatic eighth all, overall. I by was. The way. I w- yes, emphatic, emphatic. I was I was loving the fact that he fell to me at eight. Bragging. We have Mark Mark Andre Fleury, six two one eighty five. We have a bit of an older statesman here, thirty seven years old. Two games played, no wins, one loss, eight thirty seven oh. goals against average. No, hold on a second, dude. Hold what? on. Are, are, are you buckled in? Are you buckled in? Worse. 776 save percentage, boss. <sighs> this this guy what? <laughs> has completely shit the bed to start the year. It is not looked Diarrhea. pretty out there in Minnesota at all. The defensive yeah. game, which which everybody is surprised at. I mean, such a, a stout defensive team, yeah. defensive structure. This is not something that anybody uh, uh, foresaw in any way, shape, or form. I mean, heck, he was in for all seven goals against the Rangers in game one. <laughs> Thankfully, he got the mercy pull in game two. Uh, he let four goals in, and then uh, Gustafson came in. So uh, I'll take know, over. Listen to 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 kind of uh, go off of what you were mentioning earlier, talking about Minnesota, Marty. This is not the Minnesota Wild that we've come to know and love. I certainly don't think this is the type of Minnesota team that you're going to see for most of the year. I think these guys write the ship. I do think that uh, Mark Andre Fleury writes the ship. Um, I have I have been steadfast in saying that I do believe the uh, he's a great source of wins. I think you may want to be careful when it comes to the peripherals, especially if you're in one of those leagues that count those stats for goalies, save percentage, goals against average. I don't know if they're going to be uh, superb. Uh, they'll be okay, yeah. uh, but I, I think it's more of a case where it's uh, a source for wins when it comes to this guy. So, listen, Absolutely. my beast, my beast is emphatically. Mark Andre Fleury, the good first beast. week of the year. Rawr, that's ugly. Wah. Seven something. Eh? Wah. <clears throat> All right. Beauties and Beasts. Starting off with Mr. Stammer. Stammer? Steven Stammer. Steven Stamkos. Four goals, 
one assist, five points in three games. So he picked up right where he left off last year, which honestly last year was his career year. And expecting Stamen to repeat that this year may be a bit much, but he's absolutely worthy of a daily start. He's surrounded by the best in Tampa, so they'll be pushing for yet another deep playoff run. And honestly, Stammer is a set-it-and-forget-it kind of guy. Uh, the only thing that can really slow him down is injuries, and that has proven in the past. But last year, it was pretty good, and I do think the same thing for him this year. I think he's kind of going to hit a stride for the next two or three seasons. You're, you're going to get – I mean, he's always produced, but I think we're in an area with Stamkos right now where he's going to start playing a little bit smarter, a little bit better and taking care of his body. And he's going to continue to be closer to like the 70, hopefully one of these days plays 80 games in a season, which can only be top points for anybody who's got him on his team. So Steven Stamkos, very well done. Top of my beauties. Um, okay, so this one's, okay, obviously you pick Connor McDavid. Obviously. You pick him because there's no more beauty than Connor McDavid. <laughs> Four goals, one assist uh, in two games. So, but what I'm going to talk about with Connor McDavid in this in this case is because I've gotten into arguments with this before, but I've also had a lot of people sort of say, yeah, I agree with you. Um, Connor McDavid is the best goal scorer in the NHL, period. In the NHL, actually start possibly in the world right now. I know Matthews is the sort of the given favorite right now. Everyone wants to say Matthews is the better pure goal scorer. He's He's just that much better. He's more well-rounded well rounded when it comes to scoring goals. None of that. I don't buy any of that. Connor McDavid is the one that can will the puck in the net like so few could. Um, even he, like He's even doing it better than Ovechkin. Now, Ovechkin scores goals in a different way, and he's about to become the goal-scoring leader. But I would not at all be surprised if Connor McDavid overall becomes the goal-scoring leader because he's going to be so consistent he may not ever lead the league. Like, he hasn't yet. He hasn't led the league in goals. But he's always in the top five, if not top three. So that is more consistently scoring 40-plus every single year without having a year off. The guy, I think, scored almost 40 in the shortened season. He is the one that I would want with the puck on his stick when the game is on the line every single day. And if you're not picking him, no matter what the situation is, then your team's going to lose if they're playing against mine because Connor McDavid will do it. He'll put it in the net himself every single time. It's his league. <laughs> We're just living in it. That's it. Uh, next up, Mason Marchment. So Marchment, parchment paper. Three goals. No assists, but three goals in two games is still very impressive. And I mentioned him earlier. So at age 27, he's just coming into his own. And last year in Florida, we saw a little bit of it. So we talked about it a lot, actually. But so it's no real surprise here. But three goals in two games is, I believe, just the tip of the iceberg for this talented winger. And what's best is that he's taking Tyler Sagan with him, which I feel bad for. I've always loved Tyler Sagan. I don't know what happened to him. But for whatever reason, he's just sort of fallen off the face of the earth. Maybe he becomes an assist guy now. And it's thanks to Mason. So I think Marchment is actually going to be able to do that for him and uh, in Tyler Sagan. And Tyler Sagan is going to actually be, be able to help him figure out a more uh, a more aggressive goal-scoring approach. So I think those two together are going to do something very nice in Dallas. And there's going to be something really cool for Marchment. This year, I don't know, I, I'm thinking 35. I can see him scoring 35 this season, which would be a lot of like a lot of goals for him at 27. Like I said, he's just coming into his own. So look for him. He's not a set-and-forget-a guy, but I think looking for, especially in goals, if you want somebody, somebody like that in your team, Right now, Marchman is the way to go. I think for the long. I mean, he's team. certainly a guy that you could you could say when it comes to daily fantasy, 
that's that's the guy you're the really taking guy. a peek at. He's probably he's probably coming uh, often on the uh, the free agent list, and if you can get your hands on him at the right time, yeah, uh, you know he's 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 getting a, a fair shake in Dallas too, which I'm I'm point. actually quite happy with. So that's a good point. Good, good on him. He's do, he's doing he's doing well with the opportunities being given. Absolutely. Um, and so my beast, uh, this hurts to say, uh, Alex Ovechkin. No goals, one assist, uh, so one point in three games. Um, now, the grade eight will be fine, but by comparison, last year, Ovi had four points in opening night with two goals, and by his fourth, he, by his, sorry, and he, he had his fourth goal by game three. So, obviously, a little bit of a struggle out of the gate here. Now, things considered, uh, sorry, all things considered, maybe last season was a bit of a surprise. Uh, he had his best season since 2009. So maybe that's not what's going to happen this year. But he is going to be fine. So, see, Alex Govetskin, I know Ovechkin will eventually beat the Gretzky record. And I know that's a big conversation for a lot of people right now. Um, but Ovechkin plays a certain way that if he doesn't play that way, he doesn't get those goals. Now, he's an aggressive player. He's already got 15 hits um, in, in three games, which is absurd. Um, he's also shooting the puck a lot, and that's how he plays, right? A lot of hits, a lot of shots. He's very aggressive with his with his game, and he's got 13 shots so far in three games. So he's there. The minutes are there. The, the effort is there. His game is there. But he's not surrounded by much. In fact, he's surrounded by less this year, right? And I don't I look at this Washington team and I wonder who, what kind of team is this? Is, are they, are they seriously going for the playoffs with this team? Because mm-hmm. good luck even making the playoffs right now. So obviously they're going to have to lean on Ovechkin even more as a result of this. At some point, you got to assume his style of play is going to catch up to his body. All of these things sounds like chaos to me. It sounds like something's going to have to give and Either Washington goes out and makes some moves and gives Ovechkin something to play with, or Ovechkin basically shows that you can't put everything on me. I, I see an injury coming, and it's going to keep him out for too long, and Washington's going to fall out of the picture, and that'll be that. It'll be, I think, I, in my opinion, I think this is an ugly season for Washington, and unfortunately, Ovechkin I, too. You know what? I, I do have them making the playoffs, and I think they're going. I think they're going to get there, um, but I, I will. Pr- um, I will follow that up by saying I do have some concerns about that team and, and, you know, whether it's the age, whether it's the fact that Backstrom's not around for a better part of the year. Uh, You know, again, uh, Ovechkin cannot keep being such a physical force and not miss games. I mean, at some point that will catch up to him, period. It does with everybody in the league and he will not be any different. Um, does it happen slower perhaps, but I agree with you, Marty, at some point here, it, it is going to turn. I, I think they got enough. I, and I think that team believes in itself enough, you know, going out and getting Kemper. And I believe they signed him to a five-year contract. Yeah. So, and with, and, and, and I believe Ovi signed that five-year deal too last year. Uh, so, you know, we, we can kind of see where they, the, the, where they vision this team. Yeah. I think that they see another five years here trying to get the job done or trying to push anyway. Yeah. Uh, how that works out for them, I don't know. Uh, but they're teetering, Marty. They're I, teetering. I honestly think this is the beginning of the da- – like it's a prediction and hopefully I'm wrong. But I I can see how this is the beginning of the downfall of Washington because of those two contracts. When Ovechkin signed that contract last year, he had something to prove about it. This is year two of that contract. The only thing left for him, I think, is the, is the goal record. I don't mm-hmm. think I, – I don't think he's got the same drive – the same purpose. Last year, it was 
record, yes, but also I got something to prove. People saying like, why do you, like this is signing Ovi at this age to a five year contract? That's risky. So he wanted to prove that he that he deserves that 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 contract, and, and maybe that's his extra push last year to have the kind of year that he did. I don't see a year like that happening in this five year contract at all. I think he does fine. I think he does beat the the goal scoring record, but I think this team goes down as a result of these contracts. Um, there's nothing around them to take to take into a playoff run. So I, this could be the beginning of the end for Washington. Oh, you, could be, you, you could be right. Like mm-hmm. I say, they certainly are teetering. It really could go one way or the other. I mean, you figure with the experience that they may be, you know, I, again, like I say, I've got them coming into the wild card here. So yeah. it's not like I have them, you know, top three in the division. Yeah. But yeah, this, this is starting to get a little perilous in regards to kind of a lock for the playoffs, if you will. There's just not much there in that team. So I don't have much faith mm-hmm. in them. So that's why he's uh, for now. Ovech again. Ovechkin is my beast, but like he'll get out of there and it won't be an issue. It's not him that's the issue; it's the team. So, but there it is. That's my beauties and the beast. There you have it, folks. Oh, geez, that's our first. There you have. That's our first episode. First epi. But it, then the song comes in. Season dirt. Boom, boom. There it is. <laughs> Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.